I'll plug right now if we have any um, either recent or soon to be PhDs that are interested in NASA. We are now open accepting applications with a deadline of uh, March 1st. If you want to take a look at the over 700 opportunities available uh, with NASA. Say that number again. Over 700 research opportunities. You're listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join Michael Holtz and his guests for conversations about all things ORAU. They'll talk about ORAU's storied history, our impact on an ever-changing world, our innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers, and our commitment to the communities where we do business. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Happy Wednesday and welcome to another episode of Further Together, the ORAU podcast. My name is Michael Holtz and I am your host. And today I'm very excited to be talking to Dr. J. Scott Miller, who is the program director for the brand spanking new to ORAU or back at ORU, as the case may be, um, NASA postdoc program. And we're going to talk about that program. We're going to talk about um, awesome opportunities and whatever the heck else um, Scott and I can get into because he's an interesting guy with an awesome history. And I think you're going to find this conversation very interesting and enlightening. Scott Miller, welcome. Thank you so much, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to get to talk to you again. We are so glad to have you back. Um, talk, talk a little bit. I know it's been a bit since you've been on and we've had conversation, but um, talk a little bit about who you are, your background, and um, what you do now for ORAU. Sure. Um, well, I, I guess sort of um, going back to, to school, my, my formal education is in uh, physical chemistry slash chemical physics, um, which is uh, my, my interests were in exploring very small molecules and seeing what uh, ionizing radiation, vacuum ultraviolet ionizing radiation does to those very small molecules. Um, and from a technical perspective, I'm what's considered more of an experimentalist. I like to build and use really big toys, which is the way I describe these things, fairly complicated experiments that are not commercially available. They're uh, built to order and generally require a fairly large uh, user facility capability to operate, not always. Um, I And then sort of moving into uh, just the walk through Scott Miller's the Scott Miller's random walk through his career, I, 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 you know, it's it really is sort of a scatter scatter function. I, I did my postdoc. <laughs> yeah, right. Wherever, you know, it, it's what opportunity seems best suited at whatever time it presents itself. Right. Awesome. That's kind of the, the way I've done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, um, I got to move to I lived in Boston for a while. I did my postdoctoral research, with the Air Force Research Laboratory and the Space Vehicles Directorate there at Hampton Air Force Base, um, which was great because I grew up in the South. I did my graduate work in Baton Rouge at LSU. Go Tigers. Had to get that one in. Sorry for the Vols fans. I know we're very Vols and, and Commodores heavy on this listening channel, but uh, I I, I have respect for you, and at least you are not other schools in the SEC that I'll refrain from commenting on right now. <laughs> and I know we have listeners in Louisiana, so they will appreciate that. <laughs> very good. I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. 
Um, right. So, and then after Boston, I did a little bit of work um, with the Navy uh, doing a, a research in energetic materials, which are commonly known as explosives uh, with the Naval Surface Warfare Center, Indian Head Division and in Indian Head, Maryland. Um, that was a very cool job. I was a, a federal employee at that time with this uh, outfit just south of D.C., uh, but sort of home was calling. I recently uh, married my current wife, my my first wife, my current, finally married my <laughs> wife is the way I say that. We were together for five years before we got, uh, we actually got married. So uh, but that happened while we were in D.C. And I started looking for opportunities, uh, you know, further south and came across an opportunity in Huntsville at uh, the NASA Marshall Space Flight Center which is housed on Redstone Arsenal uh, in Huntsville and uh, came to Huntsville in 2005 and have been here ever since. I'm still, you know, remote, remote here with um, ORAU. So I've worked with the NASA community. I was dedicated to the NASA community from 2005 until I think 2019, right? So a lot of years at Marshall uh, with a couple of organizations. That was actually my first encounter with the NASA postdoctoral program. I uh, I did help operate that program in a previous career, and um, I found another opportunity um, in town. Uh, so at Marshall is where I started making the transition from purely technical into technical slash leadership, and now I'm essentially fully leadership. It's just sort of the path that some of us choose to take. Some of us choose to stay technical. And some of us start out wanting to go into management leadership. Like I say, I was fortunate enough and lucky enough to have some good opportunities present themselves at the time. Right. Um, right. So uh, worked a lot at Marshall with uh, NASA has several mission directorates as they turn, as they call them. And the science mission directorate does have work at, at Marshall around astronomy and astrophysics and in the earth sciences predominantly. There's some um, uh, humanitarian aid uh, work that goes on there as well, which was really interesting to use NASA Earth observing assets, you know, satellites that are pointed towards the Earth to look at things to help uh, developing countries, um, you know, uh, transition these, uh, you know, this data into something usable from, you know, decision makers, boots on the ground kind of stuff. So it was really interesting and a great portfolio. Um, I, I had a brief period of time where I worked with a with a small business in Huntsville in what's called um, small business innovative research SBIR um, work, which are, are small business grants for technologies that they have uh, invented and come up with and are looking for paths to commercialization. Um, so that, but that was a very brief stint. I had uh, developed a taste for working uh, with nonprofit organizations. Uh, especially university-based nonprofit organizations. I truly believe in uh, the mission that these kinds of organizations can and should be serving, in my opinion. And so uh, ORU presented itself as an opportunity, and I was fortunate enough to be able to, to come over and join the group at ORU. And I've been here uh, last month with two years that I've been with ORU. And during that time, we, you know, um, wrote our proposal for NPP, were awarded the proposal for NPP, and have just this week completed uh, a 90-day transition uh, into full operation uh, of the uh, NASA postdoctoral program. So that's been my life in a nutshell. <laughs> well, first of all, huge congratulations and big Thank ups you. on the um, 
on the NASA postdoctoral program contract because I know, I mean, it sounds so easy to say, you know, we <laughs> yeah. applied for it and we got it, but now it's like, it's Michael, I think you've heard me go through the litany of names that were involved yes. in this done. It, it was, it was a huge absolutely list. nothing if not a team effort. I, I, you know, I, I start feeling bad that I'm the name that gets pushed out because there's so many other names that need to be pushed out and 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 raised awareness to. And I've I've mentioned them all many times before, but it was it was a great group of people from through the entire process, and it's still a great group of people that have finished out transition and moving into operations. I'm, I'm really excited with the team that we have put together to uh, to take care of these fellows uh, during their tenure with NASA. So. That's really awesome. impressive people yeah it has been um, a huge team effort i know i've i have barely touched <laughs> any of this process but i know colleagues in my department have sure have been you know working really hard um, colleagues in almost every department in the organization yeah i mean no it's kidding been, like you said it's right. a huge 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 undertaking and now it's here and we're we're having this conversation on february the 3rd we have um we assumed management on january the 30th so it's been four right. days yes exactly <laughs> and um you know we're here we are <laughs> so yes, here we um, are but it's very it's exciting it's it's i know brought um a huge level of excitement to our organization. I hope it has brought a level of excitement to NASA to see where we can go from here. Um, but talk about talk about what the NASA postdoctoral program is and, and yeah. why it's important, um, why this is important work, not just for us, but for NASA. Sure. No, it, it is actually a very important program to NASA. Um, so the NASA postdoctoral program is their largest and um, premier um, workforce pipeline into the uh, PhD, level, PhD level research community across NASA. Uh, I mentioned before, NASA is sort of organized into several different mission directorates. Mm -hmm. um, and those are uh, Science Mission Directorate, which is the largest user of the program, but there's also the Space Technology Mission Directorate, the uh, Aeronautics Research Directorate. Um, there's an astrobiology, um, I don't believe it's necessarily a directorate, but it is also a program that heavily uses that. And uh, Human Exploration, which is the, uh, the directorate that is responsible for taking care of astronauts and building space stations and all of this kind of thing. Now, now HEOMD is evolving into two new organizations. So NASA, as do many large organizations, tend to rework from time to time. Uh, but having said all that as background, you know, it is um, a program by which NASA brings in new eminent scholars. Okay. Um, they're not necessarily, they're, they're actually all across stages of the careers split into two different kinds of programs. There's a, a, a more traditional fellow, which are fellows that have recently received their uh, PhD. And then there are senior fellows who can be any number of years past their PhD. And we've had people that have had very prestigious careers that have come in as senior fellows before. And it's they work. Uh, it's a it's a on site with NASA under normal circumstances. NASA is even on site, but it's right. but it's an in residency program, right? For them to come in, uh, conduct their independent research. They submitted an independent research proposal, 
And so NASA awards it uh, almost like a grant award kind of thing. It's not a contracting kind of job. It's a, you were awarded this fellowship to come and conduct this research with a NASA advisor. And that's the program, right? So you bring them in mm-hmm. and they conduct their research and uh, they're in from anywhere from one to three years. And at the end of those three years, they are uh, generally going into, you know, one of three-ish kind of paths. They either stay with NASA, uh, you know, as a, they either come on as a NASA civil servant or they stay on as a NASA on-site contractor, you know. Uh, or they move into academia. We place a lot of uh, former fellows uh, into academic positions, or they move into other areas of the NASA industry, uh, industrial community, the industry base. So they could be going to SpaceX, or they could be going to Blue Origin, or they could be going to Boeing, uh, or Lockheed Martin, or any of these other places that are not necessarily on site with NASA anymore, but they're still in the NASA community. And that is really what's most important to NASA is building that base of, you know, eminent scholars, these researchers that will continue to be part of NASA's uh, sort of research uh, workforce. Uh, and NASA is good about being forward looking in that way uh, and diversifying the uh, the sources of where they're able to bring in uh, fellows. And I don't know if you pay much attention to sort of what's been happening in NASA over the past five or 10 years of oh, commercial space, so right? Yeah. Right, everything that they're doing. So you know that NASA's industry base is just, you know, sprawled. It's not just at the, the centers at all it's all over the place and nasa considers all of this part of its community and so uh, that's an important aspect of this particular program so so the fellows fellows stay the hope is the fellows will stay somewhere in that community whether it's as part of nasa or as part of the larger um other contractors, other organizations that are part of. That's really exciting. And absolutely good, right. It's good NASA news for fellows. You know? Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. Now they're investing in their future workforce. That's exactly what they're doing. And, right. and that can look that can look several different ways. It's very exciting. And so then as the company that manages the program essentially we do and and i will i know just barely touch the surface but i know we recruit the fellows to apply for the opportunities but then we also manage you know the stipends and the right pay all of the all of this stuff that goes with having a having an opportunity like this Right, exactly. There's a lot of uh, moving parts to the program, and in, in, in NASA is very invested in providing a good uh, fellowship experience for the reason that I just mentioned is that if you have a bad experience, you're kind of, well, I'm ready to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, they don't want that. They want a good experience. And so uh, you're, you're right. It's, it's everything from uh, marketing the program, recruiting applicants in, um, we, uh, you know, they will, as I mentioned, they submit a research proposal. We take care of the, the uh, external peer review. Those are independently peer reviewed and results are sent back um, before selections are made. Uh, and then we handle their, you know, getting their offer out. We make um, uh, health insurance and some other benefits available to them that they can elect. Uh, and that's nice. It's actually fairly heavily subsidized by NASA. Their, their health insurance benefits are another investment that NASA makes in the fellows. 
Um, they have to travel to professional conferences and we help them uh, with their travel plans and travel reimbursements for those. And then part of what ORU uh, does with the fellows as well is also uh, we wanted to take sort of a, a more holistic approach to the fellow and find maybe some of your more traditional prof professional development, um, you know, trainings and opportunities, um, more opportunities for the fellows to network amongst themselves, but also maybe more non-traditional training opportunities. I, I sort of mentioned before my particular path, you know, most of the things I do day to day, I didn't learn in science school. Right. I didn't learn how to read uh, the federal acquisition regulations. I didn't right. learn how to do a program budget. Um, I didn't learn management and supervision of employees. None of that. You know, so there are other uh, ancillary functions that are required for many people in various flavors of scientific careers. So what we'll be looking at is what the fellows are interested in and learning more about to help them um, succeed wherever they may go after MPP. So that's something that was very important to us. And NASA is very receptive of that, taking a more uh, sort of holistic approach to um, providing a good experience to the fellows. It takes a lot of communication. Um, it's very complicated reporting. Um, so there, like I said, lots of lots of moving parts, but it's a great, uh, great problem to have, you know, because as you alluded earlier, ORU is familiar with this program from before, and many mm -hmm. of the current staff is familiar with the program more recently. So um, we're all very cognizant of the moving parts. And so that's greatly assisted us in, in providing a good option for, for NASA. And we look forward to being able to um, operate that, execute that option for the next uh, up to five years. So. Awesome. And it helps that ORU does a lot of this kind of absolutely work. anyway. Right so, in our alley, yeah. So it's right. right up our alley. Yeah. Yes. It's just exciting to talk about NASA because it's NASA, you know. Right. <laughs> and right. Right. I, you know, I grew up uh, uh, during the space shuttle age, and you know, always. Yep. I was a journalism kid and thought, you know, I'm going to be the first journalist in space. <laughs> you know, awesome. that sort of thing, and um, yeah. So I've always just had this love of uh, an excitement about NASA. So I love watching launches and, you know, sort of still keeping my finger on the pulse of what's going on. So it's, it is personally exciting um, yes. to, 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 you know, be touching work that NASA does um, as an organization for me. And I, I have to imagine for you as well, I mean, you're the program director, so right. um, you're, you're spending a lot of time in NASA right. land anyway. No, so. Absolutely agree. NASA is such a great agency, you know, and, you know, the, uh, it's, a, it's a civilian agency. It is, uh, you know, it's interesting, and this will sort of frame it a little bit. I, I mentioned I'm in Huntsville near Redstone Arsenal. Um, Huntsville is also the home for Space Camp, the U.S. Space and Rocket Center, which is the, you know, also the visitor center for NASA Marshall. NASA Marshall is housed on the Redstone Arsenal, which is huge, but it's only about 10% of the effort that happens at Redstone Arsenal. Oh, wow. You didn't know that, though, did you? You knew about NASA. Know. 
Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's it, it engages the the general public in such a way that it builds excitement and that enthusiasm you just shared is endemic in our society. And it's really cool to support the the agencies with missions that can really energize people and excite people like that. Um, so yeah, your your enthusiasm is absolutely shared. Awesome. Uh, well, and I remember you know six months ago or whenever it was that it was announced mm-hmm. that we won um mm-hmm. you know we did a whole social media um kind of campaign right. around folks being excited and sending us pictures from being in huntsville or being you know yeah um, <laughs> other lo- you know other locations but right um, there's a having, bunch of nasa locations yeah yeah exactly and you know having um NASA hats or t-shirts or, you know, whatever. So um, that was really cool was to see that it's, it's, it really is, you know, you say it's endemic to the country. It really is endemic to the country. Like everyone, you know, you talk about it and people just have so much awe about what the work that NASA does. So it's, it's exciting to be part of it. It just is. So, um, so (laughs) Scott, you all, you serve, other roles for ORU, including mm-hmm. involvement in research and, um, you know, some some other contract work that we right now can't really talk about, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But um, from a research perspective, just talk about kind of your work in that aspect of the organization. So uh, as a director of research programs, um, the way uh, our functions right now um, are, we've housed a couple of workforce-based programs in the division-ish that that I have. You know, we have a very similar program um, to the NASA postdoc program. That's our our other large program with the Army Research Laboratory, which is their research associateship program, um, which is, uh, it's similar, but it it's still different because it's at uh, varying levels of academic preparation. Uh, there's there are people who are you know haven't graduated yet, maybe coming in as interns. Um, there are you know sort of undergraduate fellows, graduate fellows, and uh, and postdoctoral fellows as well, which helps uh, it w- with a similar uh, need for the Army Research Laboratory. Of course, I, I think. And most people listening will know that the scientific workforce available to us in the U.S. today uh, is uh, not as large as we would like, right? So we don't necessarily have, um, we have a scarcity of uh, well-prepared, um, you know, researchers and, uh, you know, scientists and engineers in uh, all of the STEM fields. And so um, in the, the ARL RAP program, uh, the Army Research Lab is very cognizant of that as well. And so we, we do um, provide a very similar function to the Army Research Lab, and we've been doing that for a number of years. Um, I also have um, Michelle Goodson's group that I work with, which is Workforce Solutions, and it's more of a scientific recruiting function. So when opportunities are in need, uh, and some of that is uh, recruiting students and recent graduates for other agencies, and some of that is recruiting highly experienced STEM um, STEM workers and researchers for um, other agencies like that. But everything in research program is uh, centered around 
bringing people in, identifying opportunities and matching people into uh, federal research opportunities. So that's where the research research programs comes into play. Uh, but it's a it's a good uh, the, the sort of two functions are similar, uh, but not the same. And so right. they're, um, it, it's a good match and a good mix. And one of the things we've been working in in all of research programs is finding ways to reach across into the other, other programs. So uh, that reach back capability, if either RAP or MPP needs more recruiting, we can reach into the workforce solutions group to, hey, we, can you help us with some recruiting? Um, same uh, if you know they're they're looking for candidates. Candidates have the option to make themselves available to our recruiters. They're not required to, and it's not at by any means automatic. Um, but you know they can be made aware of of opportunities, and so there's a there's sort of a, a complementary relationship uh, across the group, and it's a it's a very good group, and it's still growing. MPP really is going to sort of shape and change the the flavor of that entire function in a, in a very positive way. Very exciting. Lots of lots of good things happening. Yeah, at ORE. So, and if you're you know looking for an opportunity. We have them. <laughs> yes, we do. So. Yes, we do. And you can find them on our on our websites. Um, we, we they are all posted. Uh, you know, I'll I'll plug right now if we have any um, soon, either recent or soon to be PhDs that are interested in NASA. We are now open accepting applications with a deadline of uh, March first. If you want to take a look at the over seven hundred opportunities available uh, with NASA. Say the number again. Over seven hundred <laughs> research opportunities with NASA. Excellent. Now, not all of those opportunities are filled uh, every cycle. We generally sure. have about um, two hundred fellows at any given point in time. Okay. So it's a competitive program. Um, uh, and you said it's, it's peer reviewed, so it's competitive. It is absolutely peer reviewed. It's yes, peer reviewed. Right. So, so right. the first deadline cycle I know is March first, and then right. July 1st is the next one. And then November right. 1st is the third one for this yep, year. Yep, every four months. Right. And um, that's a continuous ongoing cycle. That's, okay. that's been like that for forever. For so, um, and, and generally, and since we're talking about how to, how to apply, what I always tell, you know, applicants is, you know, find an opportunity you're interested in. The advisors for those opportunities are listed and I, I highly encourage interested applicants to reach out to the NASA advisor to sort gotcha. of, uh, you know, toss the ball around a little bit on the idea. Does this seem like something you're interested in? Because what we don't really want the fellows to do is spend a month writing a proposal that an advisor is not aware of coming and isn't interested in. And so that's just, uh, it's not a great use of the, the applicants, um, you know, time and resources. Yeah. It really works out better to sort of, you know, pre-coordinate it's certainly not a requirement but it's a it's a it's, it's a strong recommendation it would sounds like it would be helpful yes sure. <laughs> yeah sounds like it would right. be helpful for sure right um and i can say that from experience when i when i told i mentioned i did my postdoc um with the air force research laboratory a number of years ago and that program was not operated by anyone who's recently operated the mpp um, but it was structured, the MPP is structured very much the way that particular program um, was run at the time with the same type of uh, peer review and all that. And 
I found an opportunity and I shot an email to the advisor and he got back to me and, you know, we came up with an idea. And so it was, it was, it was very helpful. He provided very valuable input into my proposal. So it can, it can definitely be to the applicant's um, advantage to do that. And the thing that, that to me is an example of the advisor wants you, <laughs> the right. advisor exactly. wants fellowships in his or her program. So that's correct. Yes. Talk to, talk to the advisor to make sure that, um, you know, you're all on yep. the same page. So exactly. So for anyone who's listening, who's interested in the NASA postdoctoral program, um, we invite you to visit NPP, that's nancypp.orau.org um, for the NASA postdoctoral program um, portal. And you can see all of the opportunities that are currently available, um, eligibility information, um, pretty much everything you need to apply, to learn about um, what it means to be a fellow and meet other fellows, et cetera, et cetera, um, is all at that website. So please visit mpp.oreu.org for all of that information. Scott, is there anything that I have not talked about that we wanna make sure you touch on? I don't think so. I, I, you've, you've set me up with some pretty good in, um, Gratefully, some pretty pretty easy questions for me to answer. Uh, it, this is a program I love talking about. I told you I can talk for forever about MPP. So, um, I, so th there was nothing that that uh, hopped out that I thought was critical that I don't think I underscored as we were going through it. Awesome. But thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, and um, we'll have you back um, to talk about ARL wrap sometime. Ah, oh, sounds great. Love anything that else well. that's new that's coming down the pike. Um, we'll absolutely we'll let you know. The time is right. Yeah, sounds great, Michael. All right, thank you, Scott, so much. Have a great rest of the day. My pleasure. I appreciate it. You have a good day too, Michael. Take care. Thank you for listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at ORAU and on Instagram at ORAU Together. If you like Further Together, the ORAU podcast, we would appreciate you giving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews will help more people find the podcast.